What's cracking, gamers? Welcome to the Guys World podcast slash internet show. This show is available on Spotify and YouTube, as well as a couple of other platforms. But for now, those are the main two. Uh, today's topic is going to be... <laughs> it was a tough one to, uh, to really get down to. I did a lot of research onto this, but today's topic is on the top 12 greatest classic rock, rock albums of all time, in my opinion. This was not easy. <laughs> Let me tell you, this was not easy. Uh, this took hours and hours of research, and even then, this list that I have now is is still debatable. I mean, you can go back and forth on, on, on this topic for hours, days even. There's just so much to be covered. Um, I did make some last-minute adjustments before I uh, hit the record button here. But uh, yeah, let's let's get into it. So first of all, let me let me just give this disclaimer that this is my opinion, my personal opinion. Um, like I said, I did do a lot of research on this topic, but again, it, it's debatable. I mean, I'm sure someone in the comments is gonna be like, "Oh, guy, what, what are you doing, man? What? How can you put this here and this here?" I know, I know. It's it's tough. It's tough. If you want to go ahead and debate with me, feel free to do it. Hit me up in the DMs on the the Instagram, Guys World Real. We'll get talking about it because I like talking about this subject. This is a this is a good one. Uh, to start it off, uh, number twelve, I've got "Highway to Hell" uh, by AC/DC. Now this comes out in 1979. Ten songs, 42 minutes. It's AC/DC. What can you say? This is uh, their last album that they released before uh, Bon Scott's death. Now. I couldn't find the official uh, sales record for this album, uh, but it's it's up there. And it's re- highly regarded as one of the greatest classic rock albums of all time. So the track listings are Highway to Hell, Girls Got Rhythm, Walk All Over You, Touch Too Much, Beating Around the Bush, Shot Down in Flames, Get It Hot, If You Want Blood, You Got It, Love Hungry Man, and Night Prowler. And then the lineup for ACDC for this album is as follows. You got Bon Scott with the lead vocals, Angus Young with the lead guitar, Malcolm Young with the rhythm guitar and backing vocals, Cliff Williams with bass guitar and backing vocals, and you got Phil Rudd on the drums and percussion. So that's a pretty good lineup, uh, a lineup that they have for the majority uh, of their of their time together. Uh, like I mentioned before, this is Bon Scott's last album uh, with the band before his tragic death in 1980. Uh, may he rest in peace. So, just looking at this album, and, and it's hard to put this at 12, it really is, because I do like this album a lot. Um, the choruses and the harmonies, uh, combined with ACDC's hard rock, is, is just amazing. It's debatable amongst ACDC fans and rock fans in general whether or not you prefer Bon Scott over Brian Johnson. Personally, I do. I, I like Bon Scott better. Uh, but either way, this is prime ACDC, and this is not the last time we see ACDC on this list. Um, so we can get back into them later. But for now, let me just leave it at this. This is one of Classic Rock's greatest albums because it is pure Classic Rock. The Some of the songs on this album are just simply iconic. And if we look through, and I forgot to mention earlier, I'm going to be mentioning uh, which songs were debuted as singles. Uh, to promote the album, so this one has three. Highway to Hell, uh, Girls Got Rhythm, and Touch Too Much were all released as singles. So, I mean, if you look at some of this, uh, the tracks on this on this album, a lot of them are very iconic. Highway to Hell, obviously. 
I mean, this one is played over and over uh, on the radio. You hear it in movies all the time. Uh, Shot Down in Flames is a personal favorite of mine. I mean, that, that one's played all the time. If You Want Blood, You've Got It. And that's a great one. That's in Dukes of Hazard. I think. Uh, it's amongst other things. It's a great, great song. I love it. This is really just classic rock at its finest. And, you know, it, it's, it, it hurts me to put this at 12, but there's just... There's there's things better than it, and that's a testament to how great classic rock is, and we'll get into that later. But for now, Highway to Hell is put in the number 12 slot. So moving on. Moving on to number 11, and this is, this is tough, man, because this is an album that I don't particularly like. I, I mean... I understand why people like it and why it has to be on this list and why I have to include this band on this list even though I don't particularly like them. This album in number 11 is Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band by the Beatles. This comes out in 1967. And I have... I don't hate the Beatles, but I don't like them either. I'm kind of just neutral on them. A little below neutral. I feel like the Beatles are overrated and overhyped simply because they, in most cases, are the first ones to do a lot of things. Uh, just because you do it first doesn't mean that you're the best to do it. And I think that's mainly the problem I have with the Beatles. But we'll get into that as I discuss this album. So this album is has 13 songs. It's 40 minutes long. Uh, so let's take a look at the track listings. Number one, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band. Number two, uh, with a little help from my friends, Lucy and the Sky with Diamonds, Getting Better, Fixing a Hole, She's Leaving Home, Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite, Within You, Within You, Without You, When I'm 64, Lovely Rita, Good Morning, Good Morning, Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band Reprise, and A Day in the Life. So... This album has 32 million copies sold uh, as of 2021. And this lineup that they have going for the Beatles uh, in this album is the same one that they, they had throughout their entire stint. Uh, it's John Lennon, Paul McCartney, Ringo Starr, and George Harrison. Right? Um, the Beatles are an interesting case for me because I, I like to argue that their solo careers are better than their time as the Beatles but I mean people are always like well how can you say that the Beatles are one of the if not the greatest classic rock band of all time and I say no that is not true we're gonna look at some of these bands on this list that completely solidify that argument the Beatles are not the greatest classic rock band of all time they're not just because you're the first to do something doesn't mean that you're the best to do it and that's the problem that people have with the Beatles is there's a lot of nostalgia associated with them especially with older folk they're just not they're just not as good as people say they are. But anyway, back into the album, getting a little off topic. The biggest inspiration for this is the Beach Boys' Pet Sounds by, by Brian Wilson. Brian Wilson orchestrated Pet Sounds. Um, Pet Sounds is a, is a good album. It's not on this list. I just don't really care for it. Uh, but this is where John Lennon and the Beatles draw most of their inspiration here. So the whole album, the idea of this is... 
the reason this gets made in the first place is because John Lennon convinces Paul McCartney to take an LSD trip for the first time. And so this this entire album is conceptualized by Paul McCartney after, during he during and after he takes this LSD trip. So basically this, this he gets these ideas while he's on this trip and he comes up with the idea for this album. Now this is the very first concept album uh, meaning that there's a common theme around it and all the tracks seem to kind of blend together into this theme. We're going to see this later. This becomes important. This is very influential and paves the way for some of the other albums on this list. So we're going to see this. This is a theme that you're going to see. And this is why I have to put this on this list is because it did this. And I, and I know I said before that just because you're the first to do something doesn't make you the best. In this case, this is so influential to the later stuff on this list that this has to be uh, on here. This is an early concept album that advanced the roles of sound composition and psychedelic imagery, which again, we're going to see this later on, and I'm going to mention this. This is why Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band has to be on this list. It's that influential, and overall, it's it's not a bad album. I don't hate this album. I, I like it. I mean, it's it's good. I think it's one of the better works that the Beatles have. In fact, you know what? I'm going to say it's one of the best works that the Beatles have. I think I take this over the White Album, Abbey Road, uh, Revolver, all those other ones. I take this over that. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, 11. Alright, so number 10, uh, I've got an album that I don't think a lot of people know about, and I don't think people, a lot of people know about this band, but a lot of people know about a song from this band and a song from this album. Number 10 is Second Helping by Leonard Skinner. This comes out in 1974. So the thing with Leonard Skinner is, you know, they have a few very good albums uh, from their debut. Uh, and then they, they get into the tragic accident, the tragic plane accident that kills most of the band members. Uh, and fortunately, they were able to come back um, under the same title later on. Uh, Ronnie Van Zandt's brother brought them back together and uh i was i was actually fortunate enough to see them in concert uh, a few years ago great show great show i understand it's not the original band but still nonetheless fantastic show very very entertaining uh but anyway back to the back to the matter at hand so leonard skinner's lineup uh for this this album is as follows ronnie van zant uh with lead vocals uh, Gary Rossington on guitar, Alan Collins on guitar, Ed King on guitar and backing vocals along with bass, Leon Wilkinson on bass, Bob Burns on the drums, and Billy Powell on the keyboards. Great lineup, and they produce, I think, one of the most underrated albums in history. Second Helping is interesting. Let's look at the track listings, okay? This is 11 songs, 53 minutes. Uh, it has three singles. The first song uh, on this on this album is Sweet Home Alabama. Then, I Need You, Don't Ask Me No Questions, Working for MCA, The Ballad of Curtis Lowe, Swamp Music, The Needle and the Spoon, Call Me the Breeze, Don't Ask Me No Questions, uh, the single version, Was I Right or Wrong, the demo, and Take Your Time. So the three singles on this album are Sweet Home Alabama, Don't Ask Me No Questions, and Take Your Time. This album... It went double platinum and is criminally underrated. 
and it's overshadowed by the tri- the title track "Sweet Home Alabama." I think this song just overshadows everything else on this album, and it's a shame. It really is. Um, this this album, in my opinion, perfects Southern blues rock and really makes you wonder what this group had, could have done later on if not for this tragedy, the tragedy that occurred that killed most of the band members. I, I, you know, it's something that you just kind of wonder about most of the time. It's like, well, what if uh, they had been able to, you know, keep making music and, you know, because this really is prime Leonard Skinner, in my opinion. This is, this is, I mean, th- this album does not have a bad track. It's a good mix of fast and slow songs. It, it, I, I honestly think it's Skinner's best. I really do. Um, with Sweet Home Alabama, they re- they write this song in response to, to what Neil Young said um, in a few of his songs, and, you know, they completely blew him out of the water. It's a classic song, a classic tune, you hear it all the time. Uh, you know, Don't Ask Me No Questions is an amazing song. I love that one. Uh, working for MCA is great. That's what they opened their concert with, was working for MCA. Um, the Needle and the Spoon is a great song. Call Me the Breeze is a great song. Um, you know, they're, they're, all the songs on this album are amazing. There's not a bad song, and I feel like this is very underrated. It does a lot for Southern blues rock and really kind of defines it as a genre. This is prime. This is great. Number 10, Second Helping. So number nine, we have Rumors by Fleetwood Mac. This comes out in 1977. This has 10 songs. It's 40 minutes long. And uh, the lineup for Fleetwood Mac is as follows. you got Lindsey Buckingham on vocals and guitars. Stevie Nicks on the vocals. Christine McVie on vocals, keyboard, and synthesizer. John McVie on bass guitar. Mick Fleetwood on drums and percussion. The track listings are as follows. Uh, number one is Secondhand News. Dreams, Never Going Back Again, Don't Stop, Go Your Own Way, Songbird, The Chain, You Make Loving Fun, I Don't Want to Know, Oh Daddy, Gold Dust Woman. This album is 10 million copies sold. Um, so the background on this one, right, is there's rumors that the band would be splitting up after the McVie's divorce, and Lindsey Buckingham and Stevie Nicks had a thing, and they split up, and there's, raising, there's rising tensions there. And then they go out and they make this. This is soft rock heaven. This really is. This 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 album is soft rock hell, heaven. Three singles on here, or sorry, four singles. My bad. Um, we have Dreams, Don't Stop, Go Your Own Way, and You Make Loving Fun. All singles for this album. And uh, the interesting thing here is, all, these are these are classics. Okay. I mean, Dreams, classic, Don't Stop, classic, Go Your Own Way is a classic, You Make Loving Fun, classic, I Don't Want to Know is a classic, Gold Dust Woman. I mean, it's just a solid album, and you know, you ask anybody and they'll say, well, yeah, Rumors is, a, is an excellent album, and it is. I mean, there's solid tracks with deep underlying messages, uh, you know, the four singles are great. This is an instant classic. The underlying messages here are deeper than what it seems. Yes, the songs are written about the relationships with each other, but it's also about relationships in general, and it's it's very very deep. But it's also very very it just sounds very very well, and the tracks kind of sound they they work together in a way that makes the album sound great. Number nine, rumors. Number eight. 
So this next one here, number eight, is an as an album I love very, very, very much, and it pains me to put it in number eight because this is this is really a fantastic album, and it, this band deserves so much more credit than they have. They deserve so much more. They really deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. I, you know, they need to be in there, especially when you have these acts that aren't even rock and roll in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. This band, the fact they're not in there is just a disgrace to rock and roll. But with that being said, number eight is a debut album. It's Boston by Boston in 1976. This is eight songs, 37 minutes. This is fantastic. This is one of the greatest compositions of classic rock of all time. Each track is is just amazing. All these could have been singles. This is fantastic. Okay, Boston's lineup for this album. Tom Scholes, lead guitars, organ, bass. Brad Delb, lead vocals, acoustic guitar. Sib uh, Hashian, drums. Uh, Jim Mazdia, drums. Can't really read my own handwriting here. Barry Goudreau, rhythm bass. And Fran Sheehan on bass. This album's fantastic. It's it. I mean, and we're gonna look at the tracks, and you're gonna see. I encourage you to go listen to this all the way through. There is not a bad song on this album. Every single song could have been number one on this album. I mean, they, they are just. It's just a fantastic album. Okay, let's take a look at these tracks. Number one, more than a feeling. Two, peace of mind. Three, four plays last a long time. Four, rock and roll band. Five, smoking. Six, hitch a ride. Seven, something about you. Eight, let me take you home tonight. Go listen to this album. This is fantastic. If you want to get into classic rock, this is this is I recommend starting here. If you want to really get into classic rock, you don't want to do something too heavy, you don't want to do something too light, go listen to Boston's debut album. It's Boston by Boston. It's it's their self-titled item album. It's Boston. Listen to this. 20 million copies sold. It's the eighth best-selling album. Uh, of all time it's so underrated it, it really is so underrated and i think because of their later works the the band's later works okay so they have the first two albums they have this album and don't look back don't look back is amazing could have i mean if this list was longer if it was a top 20 don't look back definitely would have been on there but um if you if you listen to some of their later stuff it's not that great especially after uh they lose bad uh brad delp I mean, it's they they really they really lose a lot of their credibility because of their later works. I mean, they have this success in the beginning; they don't really they don't really carry through throughout the rest of their time. But that should not discredit from what they have. This these are very very good songs, and listen to it and listen to what I'm saying. They deserve to be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, especially when you see some of the acts that are they're putting in there now. It's, it's really a disgrace. This is a fantastic album. It, it's a shame to put it at 8, but there's just a few things better than it. Uh, number 8 is Boston. Number 7 is along the same lines as that last album that I talked about. This is a fantastic album. It really is. I love it. And I, I can't believe I have to put it at 7 because there's just, a, there's just 6 other albums that are better than this one. Uh, this is Hysteria by Def Leppard. This comes out in 1987. This album is just... Listen, if you want something a little heavier than Boston, listen to this. 
It says 12 songs, an hour and two minutes. This is Def Leppard. Now, Def Leppard is one of my favorites. Top three bands, I think, in my in my personal opinion. Uh, like, top three favorite bands, to clarify. Uh, Def Leppard's lineup is as follows. You have Joe Elliott on lead vocals, Steve, Steve Clark on guitars, Phil Collin on guitars, Rick Savage on bass, and Rick Allen on drums. Now, this album is high, higher than a few others on this list because of Rick Allen. But let's get into the track listings. So this album has 12 tracks, but there's seven singles. Yes, seven singles. And we're going to get into why in a second. So number one, Women. Rocket, Animal, Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Armageddon It, Gods of War, Don't Shoot Shotgun, Run Riot, Hysteria, Excitable, Love and Affection. Again, just like Boston's debut album, there is not a bad song on this album. There is not a bad song at all. This is a fantastic album. And there's a reason behind that. So there's 20 million copies sold, 7 hit singles, uh, charted number 1 in the UK and the US as uh, when it released. And their goal was to have every track be a hit single. And they succeed. Every single track in this album is fantastic. And it could have been released as a single. And they released 7 of them. These seven are Women, Rocket, Animal, Love Bites, Pour Some Sugar On Me, Armageddon It, and Hysteria. But like I said before, any of these songs could have been released as a single. So, this is the definition of 80s rock, in my opinion. Uh, this is one of the most iconic albums from the 80s in classic rock. And you know what? This is, this is more incredible after what happened to Rick Allen. So, after the release of Pyromania... Uh, the album that Def Leppard released before in 1983, uh, which had a more heavy metal sound uh, than Hysteria. Uh, so after they released that album, uh, I don't remember how uh, how much later after they do, but after that, uh, Rick Allen gets in a terrible car accident, and they have to amputate his arm. And basically, the idea is he... He says, "No, I want to come back. I want to. I want to keep playing drums. I want to stay in Def Leppard." And so what they do is they modify his drum set so that he he can push pedals and stuff and do stuff that his amputated arm would have done uh, while he's still able to play with his his remaining arm. And if you listen to this album, it's all the more amazing because of this element. Um, it's it's an it's a great comeback story for Rick Allen. I love Rick Allen, amazing. And uh, Def Leppard is one of the bands that I wish I can see uh, live uh, before they disband. You know, before they call it quits, because it's really truly amazing. Uh, you listen to some, you just listen to the to the percussion in this album, and just remember this guy's playing with with one arm. It, it's it's truly incredible, and it makes Hysteria that much better than it already is. It's because it's a great story uh, for Rick Allen and for Def Leppard. Um, they really worked hard on this album. They really put a lot of time into it, and they really made sure that Rick Allen would be able to make his comeback, and he did. Uh, so it's a fantastic album. Hysteria number seven uh, could have been could honestly, you know, these, these a lot of these are interchangeable. Great album. So in number six, we have another self-titled album, a debut album. This is Van Halen by Van Halen. 
and this is released in 1978. There's 11 songs, 35 minutes, um, and Van Halen's lineup is as follows. You have David Lee Roth in lead vocals, Eddie Van Halen on guitar, Michael Anthony on bass, and Alex Van Halen on the drums. Simple four-man lineup. Let's look at the track listings. Running with the Devil, Eruption, You Really Got Me, Ain't Talking About Love, I'm the One, Jamie's Crying, Atomic, Atomic Punk, Feel Your Love Tonight, Little Dreamer, Ice Cream Man, and On Fire. So, this is another album that is very influential, and, and Van Halen is a fantastic band. And this really this album really puts Eddie Van Halen, may he rest in peace, on the throne for the moment as one of the greatest guitarists of all time. Uh, you know, at the moment, he, he really solidified his place as top three. Maybe, maybe the best is debatable. I think Jimmy Page is still uh, king when it comes to that regard. But he really he really cements himself as one of the greatest uh, guitarists of all time with this album. And this starts with the second track on this album, Eruption. This entire song is literally just a guitar solo from Eddie Van Halen. Listen to it, please. Listen to, listen to all these albums, number one. But number two, you really have to focus on some of these tracks. And number, and number two, the tr track listing number two on this, Eruption. This is where Eddie Van Halen really stakes his claim. But all of these songs have fantastic guitar work by Eddie Van Halen. This album sets the template for how rock and roll sounds for the next decade. Uh, it's one of the greatest debut albums in rock. Same thing with Boston. Uh, it, it, and like I said before, it puts Eddie Van Halen as the face of guitar for, for the 80s. It really does. I mean, it's because of Eruption, because of this album. Uh, 10 million copies have been sold. And this sets the stage for Van Halen's next great success, uh, which is their album 1984, which features Jump and Hot for Teacher, amongst other things. But this is a fantastic album. It's great. Number six, Van Halen. Number five, going back to a band that we talked about earlier, it's Back in Black with ACDC, 1980. So one year after the death of Bon Scott, uh, well, actually, no. One year after the release of Highway to Hell, Bon Scott dies in 1980. This album is released in 1980. Uh, 10 songs, 42 minutes. Um, lineup stays the same, except you got Brian Johnson uh, in the lead vocals. Now instead of Bon Scott. So if you look uh, at the at the cover of this album, it's 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 obviously all black. And this is a sign of mourning for Bon Scott. Uh, you know, they were, the band considered quitting after the death of Bon Scott, and they, they don't. They bring in Brian Johnson with lead vocals, and this is where you get the two sides of the coin with ACDC. You have, so you have the side with Bon Scott, which is fantastic, and you have the side with Brian Johnson, which is arguably just as great. And, you know, it tears a lot of ACDC fans apart. It's like, oh, well, do you like Brian Johnson or uh, Bon Scott better? And you know what? I, I personally prefer uh, Bon Scott, but it's it's, it's a toss-up. It really is. They're both fantastic. Uh, track listings here. Number one, Hell's Bells, Shoot to Thrill, What You Do for Money, Honey, Giving the Dog a Bone, Let Me Put My Love Into You, Back in Black, You Shook Me All, you shook me all Night Long, 
have a drink on me, shake a leg, rock and roll ain't noise pollution. This album goes on to sell 50 million copies. It's a comeback album after the death of Bon Scott. Um, it's the second best selling album of all time. This is the ACDC sound. This is prime ACDC. So you see Back in Black and Highway to Hell, these two albums, ACDC at their prime. And this is this is amazing because they lose Bon Scott and they come back greater than they were in Highway to Hell. And Highway to Hell was fantastic. So that's really testament to how great ACDC is and how great this album is. This is why I put this over Highway to Hell. Personally, I like Highway to Hell more as an album. But in this regard back in black has to be higher it just has to uh this is the acdc sound it rises it, it brings them to fame it's the apex of heavy metal rock in classic rock uh, it's very influential it's very dynamic it's fantastic it's back in black and you see these songs you hear them all the time i mean you hear hell's bells shoot the thrill uh back in black you shoot me all night long have a drink on me. Rock and roll ain't noise. Rock and roll ain't noise pollution. You see these and you hear these all the time. Think about the Iron Man films. I mean, it's just, it's just iconic. It's ACDC. You can't go wrong with Back in Black. Back in Black is in number five. Okay, working our way into the top four. Number four, we have Hotel California from the Eagles. This comes out in 1976. Nine songs, 43 minutes. The Eagles lineup is as follows. Don Felder on guitar, Glenn Fry on guitar and lead vocals, Don Henley on drums, lead vocals and the synthesizer, Randy Meisner on bass and lead vocals, and Joe Walsh, everybody's favorite, on guitar, keyboard, and lead vocals. Oh, and I gotta say, I love Joe Walsh. Fantastic. I love what he brought to the Eagles when the when he came over. Just you can't go wrong with Joe Walsh. And this is why the Eagles are my favorite band. I, I do love Joe Walsh, but I also love uh their works without him. Um uh, but the track listings here are as follows. Three singles. Hotel California, New Kid in Town, Life in the Fast Lane. Those are all three those are all three singles. Uh Wasted Time, Wasted Time the Reprise, Victim of Love, Pretty Maids All in a Row try and love again and the last resort this album is influential and i'm going to read a quote a quote from don henley himself uh about this album and why he thinks it's so why this is so influential and why this is as high as it is um there's a lot of underlying themes in this album that make it very 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 solid and this is what Don Henley had to say about it. So he said, They're the same themes that run through all of our work. Loss of innocence, the cost of naivety. I don't know what that, you know what? I'm not going to try. Loss of innocence, the perils of fame, of excess, exploration in the dark underbelly of the American dream. Idealism realized and idealism thwarted. Illusion versus reality, the difficulties of balancing, love, of balancing loving relationships and work. Trying to square the conflicting relationship between business and art, the corruption in politics, and the fading away of the 60s dream of peace, love, and understanding. So there's a lot of very good uh, themes in this album that you really don't pick up the first time that you listen to it. Uh, this is just, in general, a great sounding album. 
Of course, you got the classic Hotel California. New Quintana is a great song. Life in the Fast Lane, uh, great song as well. I mean, they're all great songs. They're, some of them are a little bit slower. But because of how iconic this uh, album is and what it does for the country rock genre, that's why it's as high as it is. Um, it's great. It's a it's a bestseller, 32 million copies. The Eagles had already created the country rock genre, but this solidified it as the peak of it. Uh, this is what sets country rock as a genre into motion. From a lyrical and musical standpoint, this is a masterpiece. Um, Henley considers it a concept album from what I just read before. This is, this is acoustic electric soft rock. Uh, the album conveys a sad feel, but it still manages to contain harder rock-sounding songs like Life in, the Fast, Life in the Fast Lane and Hotel California. And this is one of the most iconic albums and symbols in classic rock. Uh, essentially, this album destroyed the Eagles in the process. They disband after their next album following this one, The Long Run. Um, but it's the Hotel California tour that really uh, puts their tensions high and destroys the band. But all that aside, Hotel California is a very strong album, and it's number four. So it's top three time. And uh, in number three... We have an album from a band that we're going to see again later on. So this band occurs twice in the top three. That's amazing. Uh, this album is The Wall by Pink Floyd, 1979. 26 songs, an hour and 20 minutes. Pink Floyd's lineup is as follows. You have Roger Waters, vocals, bass, slash acoustic guitar, synthesizer, David Gilmore, vocals, electric and acoustic guitar, bass and, th and synthesizer. Nick Mason on the drums, Richard Wright, pianos, organ and synthesizer. And uh, this album goes on to sell 30 million copies. So uh, a lot to be said about this one. Let's go into the track listings. Number one, In the Flesh, Thin Ice, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 1, The Happiest Days of Our Lives, Another Brick in the Wall, Part 2, Mother, Goodbye, Bo Goodbye, Blue Sky, Empty Spaces, Young Lust, One of My Turns, Don't Leave Me Now, Another Brick in the Wall Part 3, Goodbye, Cruel World, Hey You, Is There Anybody Out There, Nobody Home, Vera, Bring the Boys Back Home, Comfort Comfortably Numb, The Show Must Go On, In the Flesh, Run Like Hell, Waiting for the Worms, Stop the Trial Outside the Wall. I'm going to take a break here because I need to get a drink of water. Okay, so I just got back and I realized a few things. Uh, number one, I thought I could do that all in one take, and uh, I simply could not. Needed some moisture there. Um, so I have right here a blue Gatorade, light blue. You guys know how I feel about that flavor. If you don't, go check out the uh, the episode about the Gatorade flavors. It's a good one. It's shorter than this. It's a good one. Um... The other thing I realized is I was planning on recording a video uh, to go along with this uh, audio, this podcast audio here. Uh, I realized I was not recording the whole time, so uh, unfortunately there will not be a video segment with this audio on the YouTube side, so I'm sorry about that. I may upload this audio to YouTube uh, later on, but yeah, uh, I'm sorry about that. Kind of messed up, had a smooth brain, uh, smooth brain moment. But with that being said, back to Pink Floyd, back to the wall. 
This is an interesting one. This is a very interesting album, and this is one of, probably one of the most deep-rooted albums in terms of like underlying story and and meaning. As as do a lot of Pink Floyd, as are a lot of Pink Floyd works. So let's take a look at it. Um, this is a project of this is a product of Roger Waters. So the idea behind this album comes during the In the Flesh tour. Uh, that Pink Floyd did before the the release of this album. So Roger Waters does not have a very good experience on this tour. Uh, it gets so bad that he actually ends up spitting on some fans uh, in in the crowd because he feels like Pink Floyd concerts are becoming more of like they're not there for the music. They're there for pretty much everything else. And so he 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 feels a lot of displeasure in that. Uh, he's not content, and so he basically has this idea of building a wall around himself, which is hence the name The Wall. And he he comes up with this concept album, which ends up being The Wall. So he has this idea, and he, he projects himself onto this persona named Pink. Now, Pink is a projection of, of himself, but it's also a projection of uh, former band member Sid Barrett. Now, for those of you who don't know, Sid Barrett uh, was uh, one of the founding members of Pink Floyd. Uh, he eventually fries his brain with drugs, and he ends up dying later on. But eventually, things get so bad that he he's kicked out of the band uh, reluctantly. They don't want to do it, but they have to for the sake of the band. They kick him out, uh, and they bring in David Gilmour, which ultimately helps the band in a lot of ways. But uh, you'll see in a lot of their songs... Um, that a lot of the works are about Sid Barrett. So this is Pink is Sid Barrett and Roger Waters. And Roger Waters writes this uh he projects themselves he he projects him and Sid Barrett onto Pink. So here's the synopsis of the album. Pink is a is a depressed rock star. Pink imagines a crowd of fans entering one of his concerts and we begin a flashback of his life and is revealed that his father was killed during the Anzio Bridgehead during World War II. In Pink's infancy, the song In the Flesh, Pink's mother raises him alone, the song The Thin Ice. And with the death of his father, Pink starts to build a metaphorical wall around himself. Another brick in the wall, part one. This is Roger Waters during the tour building a metaphorical wall around himself. Uh, growing older, Pink is tormented at school by tyrannical, abusive teachers, the happiest days of our lives. And memories during these traumas become metaphorical bricks in the wall, another brick in the wall part two. As an adult now, Pink remembers his oppressive and overprotective mother, mother, and his upbringing during the Blitz, goodbye blue sky. Uh, Pink soon marries, is about to complete his wall, empty spaces, while touring in America, he turns to a willing groupie, Young Lust. After learning of his wife's infidelity, he brings the groupie back to his hotel room, only to trash it in a violent fit of rage, terrifying the groupie out of the room. One of my turns. Pink, depressed, thinks about his wife and feels trapped in his room. Don't leave me now. And dismisses every traumatic experience that he has ever had as a brick in the, metaphor in the metaphorical wall. Another brick, another brick in the wall, part three. Need some more Gatorade. Okay. Pink's wall is now finished, completing his total isolation from human contact. Goodbye, cruel world. Immediately after the wall's completion, Pink questions his decisions, 
Hey you and locks himself in his hotel room. Is there anybody out there? Beginning to feel depressed, Pink turns to his possessions to, for comfort. Nobody home. And yearns for the idea of reconnecting with his personal roots, Vera. Uh, Pink's mind flashes back to World War II, where the people demanding that the soldiers return home. Bring the boys back home. Returning to the present, Pink's manager and roadies have busted into his hotel room where they find him drugged and unresponsive. A paramedic injects him with drugs to enable him to perform comfortably numb. This is important because you listen to comfortably numb. This is also about Sid Barrett. This results in hallucinatory onstage performance. The show must go on. Where he believes that he is a fascist dictator and that his concert is a neo-Nazi rally in which he sets brown shirt-like men on fans he considers unworthy in the flesh. He proceeds to attack ethnic minorities, run like hell, and then holds a rally in suburban London, symbolizing his descent into, into insanity, waiting for the worms. Pink's hallucination then ceases, and he begs for everything to stop. Stop. Showing human emotion, he is tormented with guilt and places himself on trial. The trial. His inner judge ordering him to tear down the wall, opening Pink to the outside world. Outside the wall. The album turns full circle with its closing words, Isn't this where... And then the first words of the phrase that begin that begins the album, We Came In. The continuation of the melody of the last song hinting at the cyclical nature of Waters' theme. So the end of the album segues into the beginning of the album. And that is what is on the Wikipedia page for uh, The Wall. Now, most songs on this are written by Roger Waters, except for a few by David Gilmore. And I have these uh, noted. So the ones written by David Gilmore and Roger Waters are The Thin Ice. Yeah, The Thin Ice, The Happiest Days of Our Lives, Another Brick in the Wall Part 2, Goodbye Blue Sky, Young Lust, Hey You, Is There Anyone the Out Is There Anybody Out There? Comfortably Numb, The Show Must Go On, and Run Like Hell, and Waiting for the Worms. Now you can argue, you can argue that some of the best songs on this album are the songs where David Gilmore uh, is working with Roger Waters. And this is, I believe this to be true. Roger Waters and David Gilmore have this, this relationship where a lot of the stuff, a lot of the best work from Pink Floyd is when they're working together. And this album is proof of that. Um, this album contains a depressing overtone, but conveys its message well. Uh, there's deep-rooted undertones and messages, and those are felt throughout the entire album, as I mentioned in the synopsis. Uh, it's it's ambient rock. It's Pink Floyd. You know they have this sound, and you know they're they're experimenting with all these psychedelic uh, imagery and and sounds, which, as mentioned before, were seen on Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Heart Club's Heart Club Band by the Beatles. And so that's why the Beatles are on this list is because what they do influences Pink Floyd and puts Pink Floyd into motion to making their work. And so this launches them towards being able to do that. Uh, during this album, uh, band tensions grew during recording and Richard Wright uh, actually quits. He's fired, you know, it he has this rift with Roger Waters, and depending on who you talk to, he either quits or he fi he's fired by Roger Waters. It's debatable. Um, but the the end result is this album, The Wall, and it's it's one of those ones where you listen to it, 
and you may not like it, you may not understand it the first time. I didn't like it the first time I listened to it, but now I listen to it and I and I find it a masterpiece uh, because you, you have to understand it. And I feel like you're not understanding it and you're just listening to it casually and you're going to have a hard time appreciating it for what it is. So this is number three. This is The Wall, Pink Floyd. I, I encourage you to listen to it. It really is a great album. It's just a little hard to understand. And so you may have to want you may want to listen to it uh, again. And again, this is one of those albums where each song uh, segues into the next, so you can listen to it continuously. It's one continuous piece of music. Um, so it helps to listen to it all the way through, uh, no pauses, no breaks, uh, just from start to finish. It helps because if you're listening to it from track to track, you know you're you're shuffling it. It, it doesn't do it justice, and it, 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 that's not the way it's meant to be listened to. Uh, so listen to it from start to finish, no breaks. Truly listen to it and understand what Roger Waters is thinking, what he's feeling when he writes this album, and put yourself in the shoes of Sid Barrett, and put yourself in the shoes of Roger Waters looking at Sid Barrett uh, during his final days with Pink Floyd. You know, truly understand this uh, album a lot better. But that's Pink Floyd, that's The Wall. Number three. Now, number two could easily be number one. It's debatable, but I think there's a few things that put number one over the top of this album um, that we'll get into later. But this this is Led Zeppelin four, or simply the untitled album from Led Zeppelin, because officially it does not have a name. It's Led Zeppelin four. It's Led Zeppelin. It's 1971. It says eight songs, 42 minutes long. Led Zeppelin's lineup is as follows. You got John Bonham on the drums, John Paul Jones on bass, electric piano, mandolin, and synthesizer, Jimmy Page on electric and acoustic guitar, and Robert Plant on vocals and harmonica. So, Led Zeppelin, one of the greatest bands of all time, arguably the greatest band of all time. Depends on who you talk to. That's a debatable subject. Maybe it's another topic for another uh, episode. We'll see. We will see. But for now, on the topic of Led Zeppelin 4, uh, the track listings are as follows. Number one, Black Dog, Rock and Roll, The Battle of Evermore, Stairway to Heaven, Misty Mountain Hop, Four Sticks, Going to California, When the Levee Breaks. This album has 37 million copies sold. And it's consistently good. Each track on this album is amazing. There's not a bad song on here, and they're all fantastic. This is Led Zeppelin at their greatest. And that's a lot. Say, that, and that's saying a lot for Led Zeppelin because Led Zeppelin has a lot of fantastic works. Um, they really don't have a bad song or a bad album. So this this being their best says a lot. Um, so when this uh, album is released, it is released with no title, uh, no band listing. Um, and it still ends up being one of the best-selling albums of all time. So Jimmy Page, uh, he releases this with no name, no nothing. So you buy this, you don't know it's Led Zeppelin. Uh, it's just got the four uh, symbols on it that the band members uh, made themselves. And then on the on the cover, it's just the man with the sticks on his back. And it ends up being very iconic. Uh, it's power rock. It's, it's solidified Led Zeppelin sound. It's heavy metal with blues and pure rock. Uh, each song is so solid, and you know what, man? Uh, Stairway to Heaven is the best song of all time. 
if you have not listened to this song, if you not listened to this album, you need to. This album is the apex of of classic rock. It really is. This could be number one on this list. It really could be, and that's debatable. And I wrestled it in my mind, but in the end, uh, it fell just short to this other album that I've got here uh, that we're going to talk about in a second. But Led Zeppelin Four. If you have not listened to it, go listen to it. Even if you're not a classic rock fan, I encourage you. Led Zeppelin Four is just fantastic. It's it's the pinnacle of classic rock. But, 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 there's another half to this. And you know what? This could be number one A. And this next one could be number one B. Because these really could go different. Because they're two different sides of classic rock. And so going back to what we talked about before. And moving into the number one slot. This is Dark Side of the Moon. This is Pink Floyd. This is 1973. This is the best album in classic rock and there's a lot of reasons why i believe so but we'll get into that as we discuss it so pink floyd's lineup uh, is as it was before david gilmore nick mason roger waters and richard wright uh, this is released in 1973 so six years before the wall and the track listings are as follows number one speak to me Two, breathe in the air on the run time the great gig in the sky money us and them, any color you like, brain damage, and eclipse. Now, I want to mention two more people uh, that worked on this album with Pink Floyd because I feel like they deserve recognition. So, Claire Torrey does the vocals on The Great Gig in the Sky, and it, this is fantastic. Um, you know, it, it's one of those songs where you, you kind of listen to it and you realize, oh, man, I didn't realize yeah, the song's almost over because you kind of just get wrapped up into it. Even though there's no, like, actual, like, lyrical vocals, her, she does a fantastic job on this song. Really great. And you see her and a few others uh, in this album. Uh, then you have Alan Parsons, who does the engineering on this album. And now, yes, this is the same Alan Parsons from the Alan Parsons Project. We do see him later on. If you listen to Alan Parsons' work from the Alan Parsons Project, it sounds a lot like Pink Floyd, and that's because he does the engineering for this album. This album sells 45 million copies and is one of the best-selling albums of all time. This album is about Sid Barrett and his mental illness. So a lot of the Pink Floyd's work is about Sid Barrett, is about their time with Sid, Dar Sid Barrett, their time leaving Sid Barrett, and their time thinking about Sid Barrett. Um, one of the greatest examples is Shine On You Crazy Diamond. That song is about Sid Barrett. Um, but this album is, is, is dedicated to him. But it also explores concepts like greed, conflict, time, death, mental illness, and other, and other things. Um, you know, the song Brain Damage is about uh, Sid Barrett's uh, mental illness. Uh, let's see. Time is obviously about time. Money is about greed. Um, you know, the, and this album has two singles that were released. Uh, Money and Us and Them. None of these tracks really stand out on their own. But when you listen to them together, it's what makes them powerful. And it's what puts them over the top of, I think, 
albums that are solid because of individual tracks. Um, this is this is one of the rare cases where you can listen to an album from start to finish, and truly have one of these experiences where the entire album sounds like one song because it's just that powerful. Each track blends. This is like the wall where each song is 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 a part of the next one so it's literally one entire musical composition uh, with no break except for when you flip sides so that's between uh, the great gig in the sky and money uh, it's it's one of those things where you can listen to me talk about this album and you're not going to truly understand it unless you've listened to it from start to finish that's a lot like the wall um, it's it's just so it's so powerful and if you listen to it from a lyrical standpoint it it makes a lot of sense but if but you also listen to it from just if you just listen to the music if you just listen to the sound it it's really captivating and it really kind of puts into perspective each track has a deeper meaning uh like i said before and it's truly a masterpiece you have to listen to it all the way through to to, to truly understand um what they're doing here and this track uh, this album employed multi-track recording tape loops and uh, analog synthesizers um it's it's truly amazing it really is it, it's 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 pink floyd and and you you can't really understand that until you listen to it but this is the sound of pink floyd and this album becomes so iconic uh, for classic rock the symbol on the prism the symbol on the cover of the album has become synonymous with classic rock and it's become synonymous with with Pink Floyd because of how powerful this album is. This is the greatest album in classic rock. It's truly amazing. It's Dark Side of the Moon. If you have not listened to it, out of all these albums, out of all these albums, listen to Dark Side of the Moon. Listen to it from start to finish. And maybe listen to it again to really truly understand it. Because this is the pinnacle of classic rock. This is Pink Floyd. It's amazing. But uh, thank you all if you've stuck to the end of this list. Um, I'm sure that a lot of this is up for debate. I, I you know, And I'm not going to disagree with that either. Because I feel like it is debatable. It's, it's biased. It's opinionated. You know, it's my opinion. And uh, if you want to talk and debate it with me, by all means, go ahead. Follow the Instagram at Guys World Real. Follow us on Spotify and YouTube. Like, subscribe, share uh, with your friends. We've got big things coming up in the future. Have some collabs going on. We've got some guests on the show, and uh, we got some good things coming up. I have big things planned, so stick around for all of that. But like I said before, thank you all for listening. Uh, I would say watching, but I forgot to hit record. Next time. Next time. And uh, I'd like to thank you all. So, I wish you all a very pleasant evening or rest of your day. And uh, good night, America. <laughs>